0: hi everybody just a little disclaimer before we get into this episode of the podcast uh, this is ben also known as wonder boy talking to you i know i don't talk very much but uh this is going to be a podcast that jeremy actually did with dr brooks
1: tiller of the healthy hunter it's an interview style podcast and full of a lot of great information so sit back and we hope you enjoy it
0: Today, I've got a special guest on. It's something that I've been wanting to dive into a little bit, something I've actually been working on, and I've been using uh, these products for a little bit and wanted to kind of dive in more about what he's doing. I have been trying myself, but I'm going to learn a lot more about it today. So his obsession and passion is really whitetail hunting, and it carries through all his aspects of life. When he's training his dog to be a shed dog, he realized there was a big lack of information. There was a lack of tools out there, and that's really where his business was born. He contributes to North American whitetail television. He's a co-host and hunter on NAW TV, Headhunters TV, Midwest whitetails, raised hunting, Outdoor Wisconsin, as well as a co-host and hunter as We Love It Outdoors. And he, you can find his information in numerous other spots. He contributes content, articles, regularly printed outlets throughout the outdoor industry. So today, I have a very special guest. I'm excited to welcome Mr. Jeremy Moore, the inventor of dog bone products to the show today. Welcome, Jeremy. Thanks for coming on, bud.
1: Hey, man. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah, it's been great. And I think we were talking earlier, uh, you know, you've you've developed this dog bone, and it's really cool. And, you know, we were talking about how, like, um, mine got stolen. But... Uh, if you would, I want to start off just kind of tell us a little bit what's going on good in your world today, and and how are you, how's everything going in in yeah. the dog bone world?
1: Yeah, it's good, man. It's really good, actually. Um, and I, you know, it, it's such a strange. We're all going through such a strange time, but um, I have found, and, and I'm I'm really grateful for it. Um, we've, we've been, I think blessed is an overused word, everybody. I'm blessed and blessed. We really are though. Uh, we really have been, you know, in our industry, the outdoor space, um, as, as weird as things are, I'm a believer in like, I think you got to like find positives. Cause there's always positives out there. It's just, sometimes we don't see them. And so when we, when we look at the current state of, of, of where we're at, Uh, in the world and 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 that's macro. And then in micro, some of the stuff that we've got going on individually, like I I have realized that the last few months, you know, it's going on, I guess a half a year of it now, but I have, although I consider myself a real outdoorsy type person and it's my living, it's how I make a living. It's how I want to spend my time. When I have free time, I've, I've found even more appreciation for the idea of, being outside in nature in general and so I what's going good with me is the idea of I've been opened up to it even deeper and more um, how much I need to get back into the wild a little bit and that benefits us I, I benefits me personally on a lot of levels spiritually all, all sorts of ways but it also f- from a business standpoint there's been a huge I think awareness of it, not just myself, but like you, you talk with anybody, what are you doing now that you can't do certain things that you used to do all the time? And a lot of people I think are recognizing there's a lot of things you can do, um, in the outdoors. And so from a business standpoint, it's really strong. Like we've, we've got, you know, we've got our dog training products. Um, there was a, uh, a giant push and we tried to help with it a little bit of, time on people people had some time on their hands uh recently and and what better way to to spend that time than developing building a strong relationship with your dog a lot of that stuff is outdoors related Um, we've got another product we've got another company uh, it's a company within a company but it's another brand called hodeg and hodeg is a deer deer hunting product and so that's been a big big spike as far as um growth from that from that brand for us because i think people are going I'm going to spend more time out in the outdoors over the next, however long this thing goes on. But I also think it look we look at it now as it's also a sustainable way to get meat. It's a way for us to provide for ourselves um, and our families and it's healthy. And it's so like, uh, you know, when you, I probably went way off track with it, but like what's going good. I think it's good because people are recognizing and realizing simpler things maybe are not so bad and and in fact i think they're real positive
0: i totally agree and i often mention that it seems like today we live in an artificial world and mm-hmm. and, and we're we're losing that natural state that we could be in we should be in yeah. but you know we're in this artificial everybody's always on your phone and you're you're always looking down and you're not aware of uh, what's going on you're missing right. the forest and the trees if you will and and i think right. what you're talking about is is great because i think the simpler times the simpler things is really uh, i think a lot of people are appreciating that totally. and totally. and you know yeah i know right now it's just a great time to encourage that and and as we're on this track i'd like to know a little bit about how maybe um, you know cuz i'm i'm big into getting new folks into the woods and i think right great. now is a great time to do that and and maybe you could speak about how you introduce new people to the to the outdoors but also how to get folks that are dog lovers yeah people that that are these you know passionate dog lovers getting them involved in the outdoors as well
1: yeah I think well it's 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 relatively simple and as most things in life are but you know then you get into stuff a little bit deeper and all of a sudden there boy there's a lot to it well I look at it as from a dog standpoint let's I'll talk specifically from a trainer's standpoint like if I if I'm a if I'm a handler and I'm looking to develop a dog for the field I tell people all the time that one of the things a lot of folks get pups and they're real excited about it and they're gonna they're gonna go 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 and I I really I'm a big believer in dogs take some time to develop just like people and so I think that a lot of times one of the issues that comes up is we, we try to put too much stuff on dogs. I think we put too much on them too early and it creates issues and it's not the dog's fault. It's our fault. And it, it's a combination of what we're, what we're having as far as unrealistic expectations and then tran- combining that with the idea of it becomes very frustrating. And so when things get frustrating and don't go well, we have tendencies as humans to avoid it. And so I, I, one of the, it's one of the most simple things that I've heard in the last, I got it was in the last year, but in the last 10 years, it's probably one of the most simple things I've heard. We have a dog that we're training right now named Bella. Um, she's about 18 months. And we did a series with her on YouTube called Bella Be Good. We've been training, I think hundred, we've got 120 videos now posted. They're very raw. They're unedited. Um, they're, they're Some go good. Some go bad. I don't hide anything. And I just think that that's, I think there's value in that, but the guy I, I, so I bought this dog. Um her sire is over in England. Um her sire belongs to a trainer over there. Um he's a real accomplished guy, um captain of the English gun dog team. Like he's huge, he really hot, really nice resumes. Um the dog is fantastic. So I've got these really good genetics and I'm working with it, and I've been messaging back and forth with the guy over the past year or so. Um, and we're gonna do a little business together. But I I ended up messaging him on updates of Bella. And after about the third one, things were going really well, and I was sharing with them the things I liked about the dog, and we're doing this, we're doing that. And he he gave me the most simple response, and he said, Jeremy, you're going to find a lot of success with that dog because she's good. I mean, she's she's got great genetics, but the real key to your success will be you're having fun. And he said, that's what's important. And and I and and that was it, and that was the message. And I so then I read that and I went, boy, was that overly simple? Like, what, why, you know? But then I thought about it that night and I realized he's he's absolutely right. Like, when you think about whatever you're doing, let's you know, we're talking about dogs. When things go well, it's fun. When things are fun and they go well, I want to do more of it. And when I want to do, it's it's all it's all connected. So if you do more of certain things you typically get better at it and and it goes better you know practice makes perfect that's a if you hated whatever it is you were doing it's hard to go practice it well if you don't practice it how do you get perfect at it and i'm not saying i'll ever be perfect because i won't that's that it's that's the way it is but the more i do it the better i'll get that's inevitable and so i really think that having fun with this stuff is the key and i i I get messages and I, I try to help as many people as I can that are training their own dogs. Cause that's one of our goals is help others. Um, because, you know, back to your question, how do you have more fun with it? Or how do you enjoy it more and all? how do you get more people doing it? Make it more fun, have it be something that's enjoyable. And so the better the results, the more you'll do it. But the, the, the it works the opposite way too. If you have, if you're not getting results, if things aren't going as well as you want them to be to go, all of a sudden it's not that good. It's a little frustrating. And then when it becomes frustrating and not that good, not that enjoyable, we don't do it anymore because we have choices. We, we have the choice to do it or not do it. And if you're, if you're having a hell of a time doing something, I think I'll go do something different. You know, that's, I think, a lot of, it's a natural thing for people to do. And that only compounds the issue. So, you know, I, I'm, I think it's a, a, a great way to get more people involved with their dogs specifically is very simple it's get them to get their dogs to be enjoyable and the biggest issue that comes up with dogs that i see struggle it it doesn't matter if it's a field dog that's going to go into the field or if it's a dog that's going to be a therapy dog or if it's a dog that's going to be a family dog or if it's a dog it's going to be whatever you want to do with it. it doesn't matter just a companion or pet if if you don't have good foundational skills with a dog virtually impossible to do the stuff you want to do. And so, you know, it's it's very similar to, you know, dogs, dogs need now dogs are different than people. I get that and I know that, but there is a real fundamental idea of like right and wrong. And beauty of dogs is they want to make us happy. Like that's an inherent thing. They want to please us. And so if we don't help them understand what good decisions are and what's culturally accepted in our family or wherever it is those dogs are it's not their fault for making bad decisions so we just have to help them and when we do help them they're a lot of fun and when they're a lot of fun again we'll do more of it so it's this it's a snowball effect it's all connected that way
0: yeah i mean i totally agree and and so my personal story we we actually took in a dog and it was a friend of ours had a dog that's about four years old and they came over to the house. They had a new pup, and they were trying to train the new pup. They were having trouble training the new pup. They have they live in a very small apartment downtown Nashville. They were mm-hmm. having trouble training the new pup with the other one there, and they were just having a hard time. And the other pup, this four-year-old dog, was amazing. And you know, I we were outside playing with the kids, and and uh, my wife and his wife they got to talking, and you know, and little I know, like they the dog wound up staying staying here. That night, yeah. the, dog, the dog stayed with, stayed in the kids' room and, and like watched over the kids and just yeah. took to them really good. And, and it's one thing. I know you talk about being a family dog as yeah. well as a work dog, and all your dogs are family dogs as well. Totally. And, but but whenever we, we started working, and then we were, were like, well, they're like, hey, you know, they love the dog. Dog loves y'all. Like, y'all just take the dog, and if y'all decide you don't want him, just let, let us know, but the dog's yours. Right. So, you know, and I was excited because every dog I've ever had has been just straight up a mutt, uh, sure. you know, something that just showed up at the house. And, you know, dad was like, all right, fine. You can keep it pretty much. Yeah. Uh, the only good dog I've ever had, a you know, quote unquote, real dog. Like, you know, it was, it was a, a lab and um, I got it about two months before Christmas and about a week before Christmas, he went missing. Um, somebody saw him and took him, I believe. for mm-hmm. Christmas. But, uh, you know, I just hope that a little kid had a, had a good dog. And, right. uh, but, but anyway, so this dog is a is a um poodle German shepherd mix. Okay. And the, the thing looks like a like a beast whenever she's tall. you know, we we cut it down cuz the summer being hot and everything, but sure. she's super smart, super fast and she just like you said she loves to make us happy. Yeah, totally. So, so whenever we're doing something she's like what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And you could tell like and that's so much fun and the kids love it cuz you can get out and play and yep she just wants to take care of the kids. And I think that's something really big that we need to really key in on is that is, you know, getting out and having fun is critical, whether if it's exercise, if it's fitness, if it's, I mean, nobody likes to eat just kale and broccoli. Right. You want to have right. something healthy where it comes in. And I think that, you know, training a dog's the same way.
1: And uh, Yeah. It's, it's um you know, it's always, it's what, what, you know, everyone has goals of what they want to do with their dogs. And I, I always, you know, ours are hunting dogs, but like you said, they're family dogs first. And the reason I say that is because what do I do? I, you know, I always talk about matching up lifestyles, training styles, and hunting styles with dogs specifically. You know, I get a lot of people ask me what's the best dog. Well, I, it, there is no answer. There's what's the best dog for me? What's the best dog for you? What's the best dog for this person? So it is, I think, a combination of several variables that have to line up. But when you start talking about lifestyles, hunt styles, and training styles, I train year round, I live year round, I hunt for a short window of time. And so I think from a priority standpoint, the lifestyle and the training style fitting me best is the most important because that's what we'd spend the majority of our time doing. And and I th- I want to, you know, that, that, that family dog has to be there because without it, I've got a tool that, you know, and, I, and there's nothing wrong with it. I, I, some people have dogs that are, are tools. They're tools that at the end of the year, you know, what do you do with the hunting dog when you're not hunting? Well, if you don't have it as a family dog, I, I feel like they're underused. Um, I feel like they offer a whole lot more to me And, and I've, I've got dogs that, you know, from a genetic standpoint, from a pedigree standpoint, from all that perspective are like really high end, uh, hunting, hunting, you know, from a hunting background and, and, and they've, they've proven themselves over generations and generations, centuries now, but the, the, the real value that they bring to me, isn't that it is value that they bring birds to me that I otherwise would lose. It is value that they find sheds for me that I wouldn't maybe even go shed hunting if I didn't have the dog. That's the reality. There, there's, re, you know, value in them finding a wounded animal that I otherwise wouldn't find. But what they bring to our family far outweighs what it brings to me in the field. And I think that that's where I go back to the, let's get the most out of them that we can. We'll never get it all. I wish we could. Uh, they have so much they have so much, dogs have so much potential. Uh, we, it's a, it's our job. And I think it's our responsibility as, as owners and handlers to try to get as much of that out of them in a positive way. And um, you know, you talked about it in the beginning a little bit, you know, style of training is with me is probably a little bit different than um, most that you would talk about in the from the field standpoint. And it's not right or wrong. Like I, I, I have so many people that, bring that up and talk about it. And I'm, I don't mind talking about it. I think it's important because I think there's a lot of people that are interested in doing it in a way that, that is similar to what we're doing, but don't necessarily know how, because um, you know, the, the common ways that the ways that it's always done and we always did it that way. We always did it this way. I hear that all the time. And I go, that doesn't make it right. Like that doesn't make it the best because you always did it that way. But, you know, I just feel like that's, that's one of our missions is to try to help those. that are interested in doing it that way. That's all, and and share some of the ways that we found success, and and I, some of the some of the things that we do from a training standpoint, 100% is connected to the idea of. I just find so much value and importance in the idea of developing trust, in in developing a, a partnership with a dog. Um, to me, it's a, a feel thing. It's a relationship thing. It's much more than tool that I park in the shed at the end of the year
0: yeah I agree and and like I said you know this this dog is a family dog now and you know and it was really a blessing because my wife had a little Yorkie that for 18 years and I tell everybody she had the dog before she had me so sure. yeah. I was I was I was number two on the list you know and right. I was like then we right. had kids and I just kept moving I was that's a tough one to overcome me, you know, I know, you know and, and 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 we actually and, and the dog just passed away just a couple of weeks ago and it was rough but the thing is is having this other dog, it was so interesting to see like she lost this other dog and you know, this Yorkie and this this new dog, like for the next week, was just beside her. Sure. And it's and it's interesting how how intuitive that a dog is and how much they just want to please us. Right. and, And 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 how quick that they can learn. Like I said, this dog is four years old, has never hunted sheds has never really been out in the woods. And and the, you know, previous owners, they said, Oh, she doesn't like water. I took her down to the farm. And the next thing I know, she's running jumping in the pond and having a big time. So, and I think a lot of it is they, you know, they pick up on us and just kind of like other people might. And, but one thing I want to say is, is you're talking about how you like to help people and I can double up on this because I, this dog was not, didn't hold Well, whenever we're we're doing stuff. Sure. And you know, she like you throw it and she's just gone. I'm like, what you know, but you've got a video that you put out for free to help. I mean, you don't like you're not even selling it. And it's over an hour worth of just training a dog to hold. And that has been super beneficial and helpful to me. And and I mean, like you said, that it's it's I really appreciate the fact that you're giving back and you're providing such good. Uh, entertainment at through the Bella series, which has been awesome, but also information. And I think that's really critical for, you know, anybody that's starting to work with a dog, like not, I mean, I didn't know where to start. Cause I like I said, I never had a dog that would, that would do stuff that I'd never really tried to do things with other than just, you know, like, can you, you know, walk with me in the woods and hang out, you know, as a little kid. So, and I think that's, I really appreciate the fact that you're providing that information and just
1: being a being a great source for everybody sure well i i appreciate you saying that i think you know it's an it's interesting you know we're 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 not a we're a really small company and so everybody has everyone has their own ideas on how you grow things Um, everyone has their own ideas when it comes to developing products and and running businesses and and there's lots of different ways of doing it again i'm not saying one way is right or wrong um, one of the things my partner and I, my business partner actually lives down in Iowa. I went to high school with them. And so it's just the two of us, uh, but we have a great team under us. We've got guys in our warehouse. Um, I'm going to, po- I'm going to make a post here later today because I just found out one of our guys that's, that works with us. Um, he's a senior this year and he just signed a letter of commitment. He's going to go play baseball at a, a place in a school in Minnesota. And so we've got, we've got these guys uh, working with us that are, tremendous like young young guys that are real good heads on their shoulders um they're all they're obviously they're most of them are sportsmen and and outdoorsmen and um they fit in our culture and so but we're 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 really small and when it comes to how you how you do your business one of the things that my partner and i have talked a lot about is and we've gone back and forth on it because um in the beginning you know i 10 11 years ago when we started the company we said, you know, we have to figure out how to monetize because we have to, we have to pay bills and we have, we have to, we have to, we have to stay afloat. And so we, we, you know, we've, we've brainstormed, how do you do that? What's the best way to do that? We sell products. Um, we sell things that I use and have developed and that, that helped me with my training. And I think they'll help other people. The thing about it that we saw missing was there's lots of products out there that, that people can use. Um, what's what's lacking is how to use some of it and so i'm i'm a big believer in the idea of i if you're willing to use our stuff i owe it to you to make sure that you use it properly and have an idea of how to use it and so that was when it first kind of started from there the the real reason why we we make the effort that we do um between our 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 youtube channel our podcast our Um, Instagram and our Facebook are our primary social platforms that we use. The reason we put so much time and effort into it, we've got a guy that works with us full time. And um, that's pretty much all he does is create, take, we we film stuff. We we try to create good information and then share it. And the reason we do it, and I've had some people really criticize me for it and go, you're crazy. You're nuts for giving, giving that away. I said, yeah, we are. But here's the reason why. Cause I'll get a message from a person I got, I, I get messages every day, multiple messages. And I get people that said, I found this on YouTube. I can't tell you how important it was and how much of a difference it made because I don't know that we would have been able to hold, keep the dog. Like I think we would have had to surrender. I had this one lady that was like, I, I almost got emotional reading it. She's talking about how she thought they would have had to surrender the dog, but they found this video series called we get, we did one called live with spry. And I trained a dog named Spry who we still own. She's actually my daughter's dog, but we documented her training. I did it with an iPhone. Like it's really crude. It's really rough, Um, but it's, it's real practical for most people to kind of relate to. And you get a message like that. I don't care. I don't care how much time it takes. I don't care how many videos Ben has to edit and post. I don't, you know, we, we look at that and we go, there's the reason. Because I I can't help. I want to help people, and I can't take dogs in because we don't we don't have the time. We don't have the facilities. We don't have the space. Um, I don't have the desire to train twenty five dogs in a kennel. I I respect those who can do it. I wouldn't be able to do it justice. And I look at it. We t- we train we train dogs for clients. Bella is a client's dog. Um, we've got about a three year waiting list right now for dogs for clients, and it's because I do so few. And I do each one as if I would my own, and and there's not it's not a good business model. <laughs> Trust me, you don't make any money doing it that way. But that's not our that's not what I look at. I look at all that and I go, I love training dogs. I love working with dogs, which is why the products were developed because I figured out some things that made my life a little easier as a trainer. The driving force of our products is the training of the dogs, and I have seen it. Countless times with friends that are trainers that no longer train. Like they 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 got into it when they were probably pretty relatively young, you know, and they they love the outdoors, they love the hunting part of it, they love the dogs part. And about seven to ten years later, they're selling real estate or they're doing something different. And it's not because they don't love hunting, it's not because they don't love the dogs, it's it's because they've taken on a level of dogs, a number of dogs that creates burnout. And they don't like it and they hate it and they don't, they don't do well at it anymore because when you don't like it, you're not going to do very good at it. And there's this, this working with dogs is so intimate. like It's a relationship thing. And I just can't treat them like a widget. I can't treat them like they're a manufactured thing coming off of, a, off of an assembly line. So the reason I do so few is because I put my heart into them. I mean, I, every one of them I train like, like they're my own. I, I feel like they're my own until they go home. And so, and I won't sell them until they're ready and I'm ready and they're ready. And all this stuff has to, has to happen. But that to me, so I do that on a limited basis. That doesn't impact very many dogs. Like I personally don't impact that many dogs, but what I, by touching them, but by sharing all the stuff that we go through, all the bad stuff that happens, all the terrible, you know, the problems that we have, because I have the same problems that you will have. but if I'm able to share how I handled this one or that one or this one and that one, and they're all a little bit different. Now all of a sudden I could, I could make a post on social media and just say, Hey, make a comment. If if you think your dog has benefited, you and your dog have benefited from some of our stuff. And I'll get a lot of people that will say, yes, 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 yes. Now all of a sudden I touched a lot of people. And the only reason I only way I was able to do it was because we took advantage of an iPhone's video camera. And we posted it on, posted it on YouTube, you know? So it's the way it's a way for, uh, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a technique or a way that we've decided that's how we're going to help the most people. We're not going to, it's just, it's a little bit different model.
0: Yeah. I I love it. And, and on that, on that train right there, when it comes to a specific type of dog and, and I've heard you speak about this, but I want to, because I got a, well, I would consider a super squirrel dog and, you know, it was like a first, pretty much a first generation dog came out of Russia and a few months into it, I I had to call a friend who had a, who trained squirrel dogs. And I was like, man, I can't handle this dog. And sure. I wish I would have got more into your stuff before that. Yeah. Uh, you know I mean? The dog is now doing great and his squirrel hunting and, I, you know, check in with him all the time, but you know, because my kids were younger and the dog was growing faster and and yeah. I just didn't do a very good job of training the dog. Sure. And it was and I know it was me and, and you know, and I wasn't going to just dump him off somewhere. I was like, my my buddy has a place. Yeah. He trains squirrel dogs. That's what he loves to do. That's what he's doing. And you know, and I went there. But what kind of dog would you say would you recommend or would is there a certain type of dog to not? or to look for if you're gonna do maybe shed hunting or uh, a game tracking dog?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, again, it, it's lining up that style, um, lifestyle, train style, hunt style with you. And every person's different. So, you know, me personally, if you ask me, what, what, do, you, what do you like the best? Or, you know, I, I, that question comes a lot. You know, what's the best? Well, the answer is what's the best for me or what's the best for you? For me personally, I, I love dogs. Um, that are easy to train it makes your life a lot easier i like dogs so that so there's a need for intelligence there's a need for high iq there's there's another need there are inherent traits that dogs have that if they have them it's one less thing that i have to train i look at it that way and i go let's make you know it'd be like it's a lot harder to buy if you got a flushing breed a dog that flushes naturally you know, Labrador is typically a flushing dog and there are some that point, but, um, you know, all dogs point a little bit. It's just who holds it the longest. And so if you have a dog that is a, a dog that's been built to flush and you want to train it to be a pointer, it's going to be a lot harder. I'm not saying you can't do it. It's going to be way harder. So, you know, it'd be like me taking a, you know, um, you know, it, it, I'm into analogies with sports. So if, if you have a, a, a kid that's parents are five foot, five foot, let's say, and you've, you, you take that kid and you go, let's build this kid into a basketball player. There's, you got some challenges because there, it's, there's, there's some guys that play in the league that are short, you know, five footers, very, very few. And the few that are 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 uh, in an in intense talent in certain ways, which have allowed them to find a niche that they fit into the league. But if you take that five footer and you go, let's turn him into a wrestler, or let's turn him into a hockey player, like now even even hockey has changed. Like size of hockey players is huge because they have these skills that are necessary to play hockey even big guys are doing it now, but you know, you get what I'm saying? Like certain things are, are, are natural fits. And so I like, I like Labradors. Um, I'm a big, big fan of them. I always have been, but I I like golden retrievers too. My parents have always had golden retrievers and I was raised with golden retrievers. Um, I look at golden retrievers and and labs is, you know, they're the lab, the the golden retriever is like a lab, but one has long hair and one is short hair. Like it, they're they're very similar personalities. They're natural retrievers. So most of the stuff I'm doing requires retrieve. Like it, to put it all together, I got to get a dog to bring stuff back to me. Whether I'm shed hunting, whether I'm bird hunting, uh, tracking is a game is natural game finding. Whether you do upland or gun dog work or deer recovery, game recovery, you know what the idea of natural game finding is a skill or or inherent trait. That you definitely want there so if you've got dogs that um you know hounds hounds are natural trackers like it's been built they've been built for it like the origins of their breed has been built to it they've their bodies are built for it they have certain characteristics that help them become better at it and and through selective breeding we've really done a pretty good job of narrowing dogs down to specific things that we're looking for and so if you're looking to do game recovery, I think you want a dog that has natural game finding. Uh, that, could, that could mean it's, you know, that could mean that it's a, a pointing dog or a flushing dog. Again, go the two different styles of dog. Like, I'm going to get an English setter next year, which is a pointing dog. Uh, I've never had a pointing dog. I'm going to get one, and I'm going to approach a lot of the training similar to how I would approach a Labrador. Foundation is foundation obedience is obedience whether I'm going to hunt with the dogs or not heel work sit stay recall those types of things to me are the building blocks that we build off of it's the foundation for everything and so that part I think remains the same but then all of a sudden when we start talking about getting into birds there's a very different approach to a pointing dog than a retriever Um, you know we and and I'm not going to look at doing certain things with that setter that I do with my Labradors, so that you know I again. What's the best breed? I think I think Labs are super easy to train. That's part of the reason why I have them. They're smart. They're very willing to work with you. They're real cooperative. Um, but you could say that about you could say that about a lot of the retrievers. The spaniels are like that. Um, some dogs have a little bit more independence. I think some of those pointing dogs have a tendency to have a little more independence. Um, but I have I the kennel I bought my setter from you know I've, I've listened to a lot of people tell me about because I think it's important to ask like I've, I want I want to get information from people that know what they're talking about so I've talked to a lot of people about setters in the last three years I went to I, I looked into about a dozen kennels before I picked the one I wanted and I went and visited the one that I ended up getting putting a deposit down with and the people are really what sold me on it the dogs are great and there's a lot of good dogs out there but these people were incredibly welcoming and they were open and I just felt super comfortable with them. So, but one of the things that set their dogs apart and there were other kennels that I saw this as well was when I walked into that, they had a kennel run so they had maybe a dozen dogs in there. And when I walked in, they were all quiet. Um, they, none of them were spooky or scared. They were all very warm, but I'd look at their eyes and they'd look right back at me and they had warm eyes. And so Labradors have that. My goldens have that. A lot of Spaniels have that. There's a lot of breeds that have that. Then there's some breeds that you can't get them to look at you. Like they're, they're, they're at, they're always looking out at the horizon. And so me personally, some guys and, and girls love that. They don't care. They don't, that, that's fine. Me personally, I, I value so much the connection and relationship that we develop that I need a dog that'll look at me. I want a dog that'll come by me and sit down by me and rather be standing by me than sitting on the other side of the room. Some dogs, some styles of dogs, some types of dogs had that tendency to do that.
0: Yeah, and I think that, like you said, it's about fitting your own personal needs, and I think that's amazing. And and, you know, I do want to get into some of your products, but before while we're kind of talking about the dogs, I want to. A lot of times on here we talk about health and fitness as it pertains to ourselves, but I'd love to know a little bit from your expertise about Dog health and things to make sure that we're optimizing our dog's health and fitness level, and maybe even how that can help us sure. improve our own health and fitness.
1: Yeah, I think the biggest the biggest thing that I see, and I'm not a vet. Um, you know, veterinarians are are a super valuable tool. I I think you got to develop you gotta have one and have a relationship with. And so I'm not a veterinarian and I don't pretend to be, um, but I've been, just been around dogs enough to, to recognize like regular everyday stuff, real layman's terms type stuff. And I think one of the biggest issues I see, um, and I try to avoid with, with my, with my, with our personal dogs and the dogs that we're training, I think one of the biggest things is overweight. Um, it's just really hard on dogs. And so just staying in physical condition. And I don't mean like, um, you know, I don't mean you have to be a marathon runner, Uh, you know, you don't have to be, I'm not, I'm not in very good shape. Like I fitness is, my wife is into fitness stuff. She's into healthy eating. She's into all this stuff. I'm really benefit. I benefit from it. I'm really glad that that's around because boy, it's a positive influence, but I am not like, I don't, I don't go to the gym. I don't, I don't work out. I, but I, I just had this conversation last night with a guy how we've started grouse hunting. Our, our grouse season opened up last weekend, and for the last three weeks, three, I would say three weekends prior, <clears throat> prior to last weekend, I was going up north with the dogs to our cabin. We've got a little cabin in northern Wisconsin, and I was scouting for birds. So I put 15, 16 miles on a day walking You know, Saturday and Sunday looking for spots for birds and then now the fall is here so now we'll go up and I go up there as often as I can I'm a big deer hunter and I've, but i've've i I've, I've realized that over the years I've had more success hunting less when it comes to deer and that's a totally different topic but uh, you, you pick your times and you, you 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 I do way more work preparing for the hunt than I do actually hunting and we have better success that way but so what do I do when I'm when the conditions aren't right and I'm not going to deer hunt I I bird hunt with these dogs. I've I've gotten back into grouse hunting pretty heavily. So those three weekends of walking with the dogs, and now we'll start walking with them more seriously because we are, we are, it's an open season now. I feel so much better coming home from the cabin because I was really active. Um, I don't always eat the best up there where I, here I like make a point of trying to eat better because I know I'm not as active. And so I got to do something to keep myself feeling not so sluggish in, in 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 in. I just I'm not a, I'm not. You're not going to find me on a Peloton. You're not going to find me walking on a treadmill. It's just not my thing. So the activities that we do with the dogs benefits me greatly. Now the dogs themselves. I saw it last weekend. I've got one that's seven years old. I've got one that's four. I've got one that's three. And I had a year and a half old that was with me. And I hunt them separate. I hunt them in pairs. But I hunted the two older girls on Sunday. And I told my wife, cause my, the oldest one is, is kind of my wife's dog. And I told her when I got home, I said, Taylor is, um, she's smart. She's older. She's smart. So she's very conservative of her energy. She's not just going to run to run. She runs when she needs to run. But I said, she's out of shape. And so by within you talk to me in a month, it'll probably be a different, different tune because she will, she needs to get back into this condition in order to perform well. Like it's, it was, it was a a burden for her to put the miles on that we put on. And it's, it's something that over the next couple of weeks we'll, we'll get them back into shape. Dogs are real resilient. Um, Dogs will have so much heart. They will run themselves literally to death. Um, You know, we, we have, I lost a dog to, to, um, a heat stroke and it was years ago in South Dakota and it was a really warm opening weekend and the dog literally hunted about 25 minutes and had a heat stroke and didn't recover from it. And so you see it every year, um, especially when there's a warm, you know, warm, warmer fall. And the thing that like, it's completely related to health, Uh, a, a dog that is in good condition, weight wise, think of all the, if you, you know, my dogs average 50 pounds. If you take five pounds off that dog of fat where it's not carrying that extra five pounds, it's 10% of the dog's weight. And that alone takes so much more off of them from a, from a um, cardio standpoint, but also from a joint standpoint, long-term, like dogs, are they're notorious for having issues with joints. And so, part of it is because we put too much weight on the dog and it's too hard on their body and we ask we it's really easy i i can't stand i i cringe when i see folks exercising dogs on their four wheeler they get on their four wheeler and then they rep, run them up and down the road now i get like bird dog guys rode their dogs and i'm not into that and i i, I see too many negatives from it effects so i i don't do that but I think it's. I've told this to some people once. I said, "Look, the next time you know your dog's out of shape, right? So you got to get them into condition. So you jump on the four wheeler and you run up and down the road five miles. You can ride five miles on a four wheeler really quickly, like. And you know what it does to you? Nothing but cool air blowing in your face. And these poor dogs are the ones that are running. So I I I always caution people if you want to exercise your dogs that way, before you do it." You should go running with them for the first couple of times. And you tell me how easy it is after not exercising and not being in shape. How easy is it for you to go run that five miles? Because we, if we start feeling the effects of it, we as human beings go, the hell with this? This is ridiculous. I, I won't walk for, I won't be able to move for a week. So what do we do? Well, we're smart about it. We don't just, hopefully we don't just say, well, then I'm not going to exercise because it's, you know, instead we go, let's start out slowly. I might walk a mile. I might jog a mile next week. I might run a mile after that. I might add a distance to it slowly. I just think it's really easy for us to overlook the idea of, well, they're just dogs. You know, I think sometimes we think they perform flawlessly like robots. Have you ever woken up and had a headache? Have you ever, ever stayed up too late the night before on a Friday night and felt not real good on Saturday morning? You know, sometimes it, sometimes a lot of times it's self-induced, but you know, the dog's, maybe the dog's dehydrated. When you're dehydrated, you get a headache. If your dog's dehydrated, don't tell me that they don't have feelings of that, but they don't show it the way we do. And we don't, we don't recognize it. And so we look at them and we go, well, they should be performing perfectly. Well, there might be something wrong. And we don't necessarily know it. So from a health standpoint, I think we have to look at them as not like Superman and recognize and realize if your knees hurt, maybe theirs do too, you know, stuff like that.
0: Yeah, that's great. And, and like you said, the, the 10%, you know, that five pounds, I've, I've had clients that were maybe, you know, over 200 pounds. And I was like, man, you you <laughs> know, and I'll put a 20 25 30 pound weight vest on them right. and you'd be like, Hey, let's just take a walk. And they're like, man, this is hard. I was like, yeah. I was like, your body's already got that much more that it's putting on. We need to take that off and kind of give them that, that demonstration of, I think it doesn't trigger always as, and like you said, and I think it's great because we're getting involved with the dogs and we're not asking, I'm never going to ask anybody to do anything that I'm not willing to do myself. I'm not going to tell somebody, Oh, you want to get in shape? Go run 37 miles today. You know, I'm not going, you know, I'm like, Right. Just go for a walk. I don't care how five minutes, you know, and, and I think the same way with the dogs, I think that's awesome that, that, you know, whenever we have a dog, get out, and just play with the dog. like kids, get out and play with the kids, get out and play with the dog. That's a great way to not only improve our own health, but everybody else's.
1: Yeah. And the, and the other thing too, that you gain from it, I think is like, I've got one right now. That's a prime example. I'm training this little golden retriever named Cedar for my parents. She's a real headache to me. She's just, she didn't have a very good foundation. She's just a mess. And one of the things I've taken her with us, uh, scouting this last, you know, late summer here going into fall. And I have absolutely noticed she needs, she's, she, and, and this goes back to genetics with her. She comes from a very, um, heavily field trial, American field trial style pedigree. Um, go, 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 go hard charging dog and different, very different than my dogs. And so she requires a lot more activity. And so again, this goes back to fitting the style of dog. I don't know that she's the best fit for my parents because my parents don't, don't, aren't that active. I mean, they're, they're, they're around, but they're not, they're not, they're not going hard all the time. Well, this little dog, I, when I took her up for a couple weekends on, you know, during the day, the, the following day, she is an angel like my mom and dad see her and they go oh you're a miracle worker I said no I just took the dog for a lot of exercise yesterday and she she it allowed for her to release some of that energy that's been built up and now I bring her back home and I don't have the ability to do that every day and so I now I've, I I see these struggles come up again because she's just she's got to go and part of it is part of it is the genetics and then the other part of it I think is the culture they're raised in if we raise dogs it's just like kids. If you raise kids, kids don't just, there's a genetic influence from their parents, but there's also this, this cultural impact of the surroundings that they're in. And if you're go, 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 go all the time, that's becomes normal. And so one of the things I push with my dogs from very early on, is teaching dogs to, and I'm not, I'm not very good at it myself. I'm a, I'm a, I have a construction background. So I'm really like, always worried about productivity. Like, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. And the, the dogs are one of the reasons I love the dogs is because they're the opposite. And they allow me to find balance in my life because I'm a go, 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 go guy. And when I work with the dogs, I recognize it very quickly, slow down, slow down, because if you're go, 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 you are going to create a dog that go, 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 goes. And when I want, when I, when we're hunting the majority of the time, we're not going, going, you know, as a duck hunter, what do you spend the most time doing? Sitting, sitting and waiting. And so if your dog can't sit and wait patiently without getting a retrieve or getting to go do this or wants to go do this, I see it so often where dogs get antsy and then the, and then the, the owners, the parents, as I say the owners, Change the situation for the dog. Well, let's move. dog's getting antsy. Let's move. The dog's getting The dog is training you when it's bored, act up. We'll do something different. They're brilliant. I mean, these dogs aren't dumb. So I push the idea of slow down when it comes to the dogs. And all of a sudden, these dogs start to adjust to that and go, we're not going to go 100 miles an hour all the time. And that, to me, is real appealing.
0: Yeah, I love it, and you know, and and I want to talk a little bit about some of the products that you have out there before we close up because they're so beneficial. But yeah, quick story on so I I ordered uh, the shed that you have out, and it came with that the scent and everything, and I was super excited. Went through all your materials, my son and I. We watched the video, and then we got outside, and we just started playing fetch with with our dog. You know, just playing, and and he was able to fetch. You know. he would throw it, she'd bring it back, and we had to work on some hold training and all that. But she was loving just playing fetch. And we played for a couple days just in the backyard. And we were gonna go go take we were gonna go down to my, my parents' farm and spend a couple days and we were gonna start working on, you know, using it out in the woods, maybe kind of put the scent on, hide it, and do all that stuff mm-hmm. as we were following along. And on the way down, we stopped in this little small town, a small area. There's a little pretty little place we were going to do a family photo and uh it was before the other dog passed away and we knew that the other dog's time may be coming and we were going to get a family photo of everybody so we stopped and we went just barely around the corner from my truck and to take the photo and while we were there some drifter came through and my backpack was in the i would i would i'd change clothes put my backpack just set it in the back of the truck not thinking and you know, I was like, man, a little small town, everything's fine. And some drifter came by and picked up my pack and took off. And you know, and I, I mean, when, whenever a little bit later, I realized I was like, where'd my bag go? And man. I couldn't find it. I was going to change. And so I uh, had some family that were law enforcement in the area and I called them. And, and then I was like, man, you know, probably some, some drifter probably just needing some clothes, whatever. If they need my clothes, that's fine. Right. whatever and then about an hour later i realized that the shed dummy was in the side pocket and then i got mad right. i was like right i went out and searched around and actually wound up finding where the guy was he was staying in a little motel there and i found out and then let the authorities know well i wound up got my bag back got some of my clothes back but the shed was gone i was so mad but during well, that time i, I know i would messaged you about training um training her to shed hunt as well as uh track sure. at, the, at yeah. the same time and you were super great about sending me a message like hey you know you man you can do them both at the same time i don't see anything Ooh. wrong with that and, you know and so i ordered another shed and and the tracking system and we're actually going to start the tracking system uh today we're planning on kind of getting out and playing with it a little bit and trying to get her ready so maybe she'll be ready uh to track uh, this yeah, fall, perfect. but, perfect. but, you know, yeah. Yeah. And, and so, right. you know, but I want you to talk a little bit about some of the things that you have out there and, and how they can benefit yeah. us as, you know, for shed hunting or, you know, if we wanting a, a dog that will be able to track sure. a wounded animal. Cause one of the things I hate is sh- an animal that we've shot, you yeah. we know, it's going to die somewhere. And I want to bring that meat home.
1: Right. Right.
0: And I, but how am I going to recover it? Sometimes, yeah. you know? And the dog, dog is knows where it's at.
1: Totally. The dog is the best, in my opinion, the dog is the best conservation tool available. Like they're there. And that goes back to, again, to origin. Like that's what, that's what they've, that's what they helped us with for, for centuries now. And so, you know, it just, it's just a matter of like today we use them a little bit differently and we've customized how we, you know, we've, we've personalized and customized the use of dogs to fit our, our world today. Today's world is different than it was in the 1800s. Um, I, I wouldn't mind maybe going back to the 1800s a little bit, but uh, I'm um, with you. <laughs> so, but the, the, you know, the uses, the use of them, we, we still utilize them, you know, in a similar fashion in the way that they help us with, they help us with our, our daily stuff. And so from a hunter's standpoint, yeah, game recovery was a really natural, we, we started out our, our, our business started out from a, with shed dog training products to teach dogs to find antlers. And, and when we first started doing it. Um, literally we would, we would talk about shed training and people would ask, well, what is shed hunting? Like they weren't even sure what it was. That wasn't that long ago. So it's a, it's a, it's a sport that has really gained a lot of momentum and I'm really grateful for that. Um, but I get more enjoyment out of shed hunting with the dog. Like it's no different than bird hunting. I wouldn't go bird hunting. I would not walk for grouse. I would not pheasant hunt. I would not duck hunt. And I do all those things and I love them. I wouldn't do them without a dog to me that the dog is the part that, that gives me the reason to do it. Um, you know, for grouse hunting, I'm, I'm getting into recently I'm getting into like side-by-sides. So like, I, I've always kind of known the guys that were, and I always thought they were snobby and I realized, boy, maybe some of them are, but I have come to appreciate the idea of some of these older vintage guns and, and the stories behind them and the craftsmanship that goes into them. So bird hunting just increased in value to me from an upland standpoint, not because of the birds, but because of now I'm going to get a setter. That's another element that I'm going to add to it. The guns add to it. So without the dogs, I don't do a lot of the stuff I'm doing. And when, cause it's not as much fun to me. And so from a deer standpoint, you know, I had these gun dogs back in the day and I went, how can I, deer hunting is my like first love and and I'm living in Wisconsin here and it's just, it's, you know, it's, that is, that is the thing. And when I do stuff, I don't like to do it halfway. So I realized in the fall that the amount of time it took to prepare to bird hunt, scouting was the most time consuming part. It didn't allow me to do the stuff I wanted to do in the deer woods. And so I took a step away from the deer stuff because I focused on the bird stuff. And the dog was hand in hand and, and it made all the sense in the world. Then I realized, man, I'm just, I, I missed the deer stuff and I want to do more deer stuff, but I lose the element of the dog. And so I had heard of people using dogs to shed hunt. I had shed hunted prior, um, not with a lot of success, but I had heard of guys using their dogs to help them find antlers. And so that's when I started to dig into it a little bit. Um, you know, we didn't invent it. Like there were people have been doing it for a long time, but very few people and not a lot of people talked about it. And so when I researched it, I realized there was really not a lot of stuff out there. So I just started experimenting. Well, I went back to some of my principles of how I trained gun dogs. And I replicated a lot of the process, just a different shape, uh, a different feel, a different smell, but very, very similar skill sets and how we get there. So that's where the products came around. I, I used, you know, I used a hard antler. I used a real antler with a young dog before I had the training dummy. And she poked herself with it. She jabbed herself with it. She didn't want anything to do with it. She was literally afraid of it. And I had bought her to shed hunt with. And so it was really discouraging. Um, I went, I kicked myself and I went, God, I did it. I'm the one who created this issue. And I thought about, you know, bird hunting. When I train gun dogs, I don't introduce them to birds right off the bat and put them in a pen with a rooster and hope I get a bird dog out of it. I end, i'll end up with a lot of issues i'll end up with dogs that you know so i i build i work my way to that point and it's just like anything else in training it's incremental and so it's building off of certain certain steps and so you know we start out with a bird dog i use a balled up sock in the hallway and then i go to a small puppy bumper and then I might tape wings to it. And then I might go to cold game or, fre- or frozen, you know, a frozen bird to introduce feathers or feathers on the dummy. And then I might go to warm and then I'm fresh killed. And then, so I, I slowly work my way to that live bird. And usually we're able to get there successfully. Why don't I do that with an ant- with, my, with this antler? It's really simple, but there was nothing there to do it with. So that was, you know, went to found a, and had never done any of this stuff before. So it was a real experimenting thing on my part to find, to source things. And so we end up, we, we work with a, a plastics company out of Minnesota. Um, we developed this mold, this fold, this shape. We have changed the materials a couple of times over the years to benefit, to make it better, I think. Um, and so we created this training dummy. And then the scent had to go with it because it, it doesn't smell it like an antler and how do I replicate that smell? So I, all sorts of experimenting went into that and created this, this scent that I can use. So we put, we package it together with a, with a, with a booklet, a training booklet, how to do it. Then we've done videos on it. So our shed line has grown into, I don't know, there's a, there's maybe 10 products that, that are in that, that line of of training products um, that are stuff that I use to help me develop that shed dog. And I started training some dogs for people at that point. And they asked me, you know, they're big deer guys. I mean, the dog, the dogs are, are pretty expensive. And these, these guys were really into deer enough to spend the kind of money that I was, I needed to get to train my shed dog. And most of them would ask me, you know, man, if you could train me a tracking dog, the same dog to do both, that's like the ultimate tool for me. And so I I researched it. I had never trained tracking dogs but I had trained gun dogs forever to track. And so the light bulb went on and I went, "Yes, I did train tracking dogs. I just trained them to track different stuff." And quite honestly, I don't train them to track. They track. It's me understanding what it looks like, how to read their body language, how to understand the track itself better to help them set up for success. So if, I dug into it. I talked to the cop that is out in New York and he's a canine handler and he trained dogs to track criminals and find drugs and bombs. And I learned a ton from him early on just on scent discrimination and the understanding of how they're doing it. And they were using Malinois and Shepherds and different breeds, but dog's a dog. And, and I, I looked at that and I went, I think training tracking dogs is the easiest thing you can do. Now I say that and it'll offend a lot of people because a lot of these hardcore trackers are just that super hardcore. And I have all the respect in the world for them. But what I'm saying is, is the tracking part is not something we train it's in them. We bring it out. And so it takes just like anything else. It, if you want to be great at it, it takes a lot of work. So it's not, it's easy to get a dog to track because we don't do it. It's difficult and takes a lot of work to really develop a reliable tracking team and when i say a team i mean the dog and the handler not just the dog it's not like you just hand on hang on the end of the rope and let them drag you there's so much that goes into it from a, a a teamwork standpoint so but i looked at that and i went what do we need to do it and so we put together a kit with the we we, we buy we buy hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of deer hides every year we flesh them out these I say we, uh, I got to give credit where credit's due. The guys that, that are working with us, um, the, the kid that, the kid that's going to play baseball, his name's Easton. He fleshed hundreds of hides for us this spring. Um, but we flesh them, we dry them just like you would if you were putting up fur to send off to auction. Uh, it doesn't spoil that way, but it's not preserved or altered from a scent standpoint. We, we put them into a kit with a scent that I make. Um, I've got a freezer full of stuff that you don't want to look at. My wife doesn't look at it's got a lot of stuff in there. Um, that's what I use raw material that we collect throughout the year. That's how we create this blood trail scent. Um, we sell it with the the system and it's all the parts and pieces and again, a booklet. And then we've got a video with that one. So between game recovery and shed, our dog bone line is, um, you know, we've got quite a few SKUs of product. Each has their own little piece. And from that we've actually developed now into, because not everybody wants to hunt with their dogs, and I understand that, and we'd like to help them as well. Um, so we we have developed a series of videos, puppy training, foundation training. Um, I've I designed, ai a, took ideas of other designs of leashes and slip collars, and I've created one that works best for me. Um, we offer that. So we've got, we've just got a full kind of, we've developed this brand of products that I hope one of our goals is don't, don't ever, I, I, I was given this advice by a really well-known dog trainer that has a big line of dog products and his answer to, and one of his advices to me early on was just continue to develop SKUs. You got to continue to develop SKUs. And I thought, I, I think you should listen to everybody. Um, I think that's how you learn stuff, talk with everybody, learn but not necessarily do everything you hear. And so that was one example of where I heard that and I said, I get it from a business standpoint, but I also go, if I'm not using it and I don't think it's worthwhile, I'm not going to risk losing credibility to our customer. So everything that we offer, I can tell you right now, if I developed it, it's for a reason. There's a specific, there's a reason why we, why we do it. So, um, but that kind of, that kind of is our, our dog bone brand. And so it's gone from shed stuff to shed game recovery to now we're looking at general, general pet. Um, we've got lines into that and, you know, we, my, my background is the birds too. So I've, I've always had those and always trained those. So we're just kind of slowly growing the, the line.
0: Yeah. And like I said, I'm, I'm excited to get, uh, this dog. I mean, she's poodle and German shepherd, which super smart. And the shepherd, I know that, yeah. you know, she's a tracker ooh, and, uh, and so I'm excited to get her in, into that. I mean, she's done great with the, with the shed so far. And, you know, and I, I want to kind of see how she will do when it comes to tracking. We had a, uh, my, my sister brought home a lab, um, wiener dog mix, sure. a Dotson mix. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, like she brought this dog home and, you know, and, and it wound up being my dad's dog. And it was, it was funny. One day he shot, a, he shot a deer and he couldn't, he couldn't find it. And Lily, Went with him, like when he went back out, she kind of followed him and she got right on the track and just she tracked it naturally. I mean, there was no training to it, but you know, it was was one of those things where, and so every time we'd shoot a deer or something, we didn't know where she was, was like, oh, let's go get Lily, you know, and she would track it for us and without any training. So, you know, some dogs will do it naturally, but I I mean, with your products are great because we're going to be able to recover the deer, find those sheds. Cause I mean, I've never, I've shed hunted, but I haven't had a lot of success. So I'm hoping that that this next spring that I'll have a lot more success having a dog along.
1: Yeah. Having the dog will help. I I always say that a trained dog to find antlers helps. But I also really believe in this, that if you've got a dog that you're working on shed training with, one of the reasons you're going to find more sheds is because you're going to go more often. And if you go more often, you'll find more sheds. It's just inevitable. It's, it's this idea of do something more often. You'll get better at it. Do something more often. your likely, your likelihood of success is greater. I totally, I tell people that all the time because I think some people think you just sit in the truck and drink coffee and let the dog fill the back. It doesn't work that way. Uh, I walk way more miles with a dog than I would if I didn't. And so all that combined increases your odds of success.
0: Yeah, I mean, in here, you know, I, I, I would love a, a squirrel dog. And, and like I so said, that's kind of on the list of like maybe she can, make, maybe she'll tree yeah. a squirrel. And, and, you know, it's one of those just cool. got to get in the woods again to see like, will she what? tree a squirrel or not? So,
1: right, right.
0: So, but yeah, man, hey, man, I really appreciate everything, Jeremy. I mean, you, you put out so much information. Everybody's going to be able to learn a lot. Even if they don't buy your products, you put yeah. out, I mean, the, the Bella series that you put out has been really informative of you taking a dog through what it's going to be to actual take a dog from brand new dog to a dog that's going to okay. be able to do what we need it to do in the woods. But, uh, one last question, uh, I want to ask, but before we do that, would you share everybody your website, socials, yeah. and where we can find more information?
1: Yeah, it's real simple. It's at Dogbonehunter hunter is all of our social platforms and dogbonehunter.com, That's the website. So if you, if you remember dog Bone hunter, you'll find it with a Google search.
0: Nice. And I will say that Jeremy has been super helpful. Even before we ever really connected, I met him at a few trade shows and don't know if they ever rem- remembered me, but I would send him a message every now and then like, Hey, can, is it okay to do this or do that? And, and he would always get back. Yeah, man. You know, and he would give me good information, uh, even just through the socials and it was super, super
1: helpful. And I really appreciate that. No problem, man. I, I'm, I, I, I get energy off of other people's energy. And so, when people are interested in stuff and are willing to put work in, I'll, I, that's that's fuel for me. That's what keeps me going, too.
0: Now, granted, I never asked you any information about how to train my wife's Yorkie that was three pounds. Oh, I, I, I going not say
1: to train my wife. I was going to say, I don't get into that, man. Like, it, I've, I've had a lot of people ask me about kids. You know, can you send your kids? I said, no, <laughs> you can't pay me up for that.
0: I got you. Well, the last question I want to ask you is, is a dream hunt. So you get to go anywhere, you get to take anybody you want with you, and and you get to hunt anything with any any kind of weapon you want. Where are you going? What are you after? And and who are you taking with you?
1: Oh man, that's a great question. Uh, so me personally, like, I'll, and I don't want to overcomplicate it, but. I, always, I, i I want to shoot a sheep. I, I would, I just, I think there's some, I know guys that have done it. I, I have good friends that that do it. Uh, it's to me, it's an ultimate challenge type thing. It would take a lot of preparation on my part. So it would, uh, there would be, there would be a lot of value in it, not just the hunt, but the leading up to it. And so I, I, I would love to shoot a sheep and I don't know that I have a specific sheep that I would want, but a sheep and who do I do it with is my dad for sure. Um, my dad's my best friend um, you know, my son, if he could come with too, but, but like my dad is, my dad is like, my dad is the guy that's just put, been such a such a solid influence for me in my life. Um, he's a little older now and he's, if I have one, if I have one piece of advice to, to anybody listening and I wish I had heard it and taken it myself, I might've heard it and just not done it. Um, but it's take advantage of the time you got, when you got it with them because, um, my dad and I used to hunt a lot when I was growing up and then I got older and things became more important than spending that time hunting with my dad. And I, I probably went to better places and had chances to shoot bigger deer and all that stuff, but, but it wasn't with him. And at the time I, you know, at the time I just, that's what was important. And if I could go back right now. (laughs) because now he doesn't, now he doesn't, now he's not hunting with us anymore. You know, he's just, and it's not that he's sick or anything, but he's just, his eyes aren't that good and he's not comfortable in the woods with a gun and, and, and he's real active and stuff. So it's not like it's that, but if I could go back, I would have done more hunts with him. So if I could pick one person to do it with, I'm taking him with. And, and, and quite honestly, it could be take the sheep part away and just say, you go to South Dakota and pheasant hunt. I'd that I'd something as simple as that bring my dad like that would be that would be my answer and then beyond and then the next person would be my son because like I want to learn from what I did and and I, my son is just like me and he'll probably go through the same things and I don't want him when he's 40 I turned 40 this year and I don't want him when he's 40 to say oh, I wish I would have done more hunts with my dad so that would be that would be the guy that'd be the hunt uh
0: I'm with you I'm with you on that too and I really appreciate that because that's I know that means a lot to you. And, and, you know, a sheep hunt, like you said, it would take a lot of preparation, but more than anything, just spend that time with dad is totally. something. Give, that- me
1: a, give me a beagle and I go hunt rabbits with them. I exactly. do that over going on a sheep hunt by myself right now. Yeah, so, I, I totally agree. But I won't I totally pass agree. up a sheep hunt if I had a chance to go.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, and, and Jeremy, I really appreciate you coming on today and You've been a wealth of knowledge. Uh, I'm excited now to get out here and, and work with the, with the dog yeah. even more than I was. And uh, anything else you want to say before we close out?
1: No, man, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for doing this, and I want to thank you for letting me be a part of it. I really appreciate it. Um, if I can ever help you, you, you know how to get a hold of me.
0: Yes, sir. I appreciate it. Hey, everybody stay humble, be hungry, and get healthy.